0: Yes, it's gardening talk back here on two FM one hundred three point seven David Peterson from Walls End Community Nursery is here with us. My name's Phil Bates, by the way, I should get that out of the way first of all. Uh, David's here to answer all of those important gardening questions. The number to ring is four nine two one six two one six Good day, David. Hello,
1: Phil, and good afternoon, everyone.
0: And I think it is uh, oh, a good afternoon. Wow, the rain, yeah, the rain this morning. Yeah.
1: Wasn't it amazing?
0: I I missed it, to tell you oh, the did shit, you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I went a bit early and rose late, but the, the ground was definitely wet yes, when I, I went outside. Yes. So, yeah, and um, not altogether unwelcome at my place, anyway. No,
1: certainly um, not. I mean, look, we've had a little bit of a break, and we, that's what we needed, just to um, moisten everything down again, and it certainly did that. I mean, I, th- I can't remember we, when we got to work, Mark had told me how much we'd had, and I yeah, I can can really remember hearing that at home. So, right. so that was great. Great rain.
0: Yep, and uh, rain's always better than watering. Oh, of isn't course, they? it is, Phil. There's something about rain. I know. Was...
1: Wish we knew the um, secret ingredient. Yeah, in it.
0: yeah. You and I. One of the many ways that you and I could become yes, richer exactly. that We've discovered <laughs> over the years. we we'll just have to have to work on it. Okay. um, As we said, the number to ring is 49216216. Everyone who rings up with a question for David today goes in uh, the draw, of course, to win the beautiful things that David's giving away. And also, if you'd like to give your details to uh, Diane on the phone, she'll make sure that you go in the draw uh, to maybe get David to come around to your place. Uh, we choose one caller a month for that, and, uh, that's done by David, um, on the, uh, the first day of the next month. Well, you kind of <laughs> get the idea. You know how it works. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. I knew uh, that
1: was going to come <laughs> out confusing then, Phil. <laughs> you, we've been
0: doing this too long, David. Okay, yeah, so if you'd like David to come around to your place, then, um, when you ring up with your question, just give Diane the details. Once again, David, you've pulled a beautiful plant out here. Mm. This is just a gorgeous. One thing. of my favorites. If people would like to have a look at it, um, go to our website, 2 com, and, uh, you should be able to make it out on the, on the webcam. I forgot that was it's there, Phil. Just sort of in between me and David yes. here. And, um, yeah, there's that, David, and lots of other things. There is. Um, if people do see the eggs on the counter there, they're, they're, <laughs> they're not, <laughs> not to be given away. <laughs> they're <David's> mine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, tell us what you're giving away, David. All right,
1: then. It's actually one of my favourites, as I said earlier. It, um, I know it as a diplodemia, but, of course, it's now had a name change to mandevilla, and this particular one is called pale face, which is a lovely pink uh, trumpet-like flower main difference is that i always pick from them is when the old diplodemia is that you could actually keep pruned back and kept keep cut back to a small shrub where a lot of the mandavilias are fairly strong growers but this has now been as i said renamed so it is classed as a climber but it is still one that you can keep cut back as a small little shrub look tell you what it never stops flowering it's they're tremendous things i, as I said i've got paleface face in here today but you can also get a white and a red in in the old diplodemia varieties as well and as i said you've got a flower on it in nearly 12 months of the year. They look great in pots. I've seen them just on very small trellises. They don't cover an enormous area, but certainly small trellises, they look tremendous. So it's called a and this one's called Paleface. face. As well as that, I'm giving away a box, a, a, I'm sorry, a container of the organics weed blitz. Now remembering this is the, the environmentally friendly one that you can just spray on uh, two weeds and it just suffocates it and just slowly kills it and it's, um, it doesn't harm the ground at all as well as that i'm giving a, just a little bag away of the quick start that's the fertilizer that you can both use on the lawn as well as the garden and a few other sachets in that bag as well phil
0: well that's wonderful david generous as always and of can't course people <laughs> you can't can you people do need to be listening at the end of the they show too. don't they because david chooses the recipient of all those wonderful things at the end of today's show well, with the time at 17 minutes past 12, David, shall we get yeah, into the let's course? Get let's get started. We'll say hello, first of all, to Joan from Jesmond.
1: Hello, Joan. Hello, David.
2: It's a beautiful day.
1: Yes.
2: And I've, I've got a big problem with my lovely hoya.
1: Right.
2: Well, it, it was a lovely hoyer and now it's playing up.
1: Right. What seems to be the problem?
2: Well, I've got it in a small pot. I rang you about it a few years ago. I must admit it's about, I'm trying to work it out, but it's about... 10 to 12 years old, mm-hmm. um, and I did repot it, as you told me, and I've got it um, against a brick wall on my porch. Good, yes. Um, but all of a sudden, about in the last four or five weeks, it's dropping three or four leaves every day. They're just turning yellow and falling off.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's, you know, it's just thinning out round about the middle of it. It's been flowering beautifully, and, it, and the rest of it looks lovely and green but it's just shedding its leaves very quickly.
4: Okay.
1: So tell me, Jane, when these leaves fall off, are they fairly withered-looking?
2: No, no, okay.
1: they're, oh, solid, okay. but they're quite solid, quite Oh firm. Okay, well that's, that's good in some respects because quite often when the leaves start to wither that's when the whole plant may eventually curl up and die. Perhaps it's just making way for a lot of the new foliage that's coming out at the end so therefore the older foliage will probably tend to fall off and go yellow. It may pay you probably to put a little bit of fertiliser around the top of the pot because that may be the other thing that when it was repotted in a good potting mixture yeah well I've,
2: I've been using acrosol well, and about every fortnight, yeah, that's fine, and every now and again giving it some um
3: See
1: so. Yes, okay, well that's fine. You just need to probably put something a little bit more complete around it, like one of your pelleted manures, just sprinkle a little bit of that around it and that'll break down and it'll work over a period of six to eight weeks.
2: Oh, like the osmocote or one of those
1: sort of things? Yes, osmocote is fine, but I would more so tend to recommend a pelleted manure, which is um, organic, so it's not going to burn the hoya because it can be a little bit temperamental towards mm-hmm. a lot of those other chemical fertilizers Mm-hmm. So yes, I think that's probably all it needs doing because of the older foliage falling off, making all this new growth, and that's why you're getting this bit of yellow. Yes,
2: because it, as I say, it's just doing it daily and, and developing big holes in it. It's in a picture; it's just sort of up to the ceiling on the on the porch, and I keep bringing the fronds back yes. as I go. Um, but it's looking very. Very holy.
1: Yes, well, keep, keep up the liquid fertiliser as you've been doing, mm. but just as I said, it may just need a little bit of complete fertiliser thrown around it as well. Okay. All right. Well,
2: thank you very much for your help.
1: You're welcome, Joan.
2: Okay.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks very much, Joan. And uh, our next caller, David, it's Bronwyn from Cessnock.
1: Hello, Bronwyn.
4: Hi, David. How are you? Good, thank you. If you could... It's really a query more than anything. Mm-hmm. I have a little um, Maltese situ pup, and ever since we've had her, I have these plants that are um, in the, had them in the backyard, I should say, I've had to shift them now, they flower from the top, you know, you water them from the top and they flower and they're spiky.
1: Oh, the bromeliads, yes.
4: That's the word. Yes. She keeps eating them. Oh, really? pulls them out of the garden. And eats them. Wow. Now, I shifted them all to the back, to the front, so she can can get to them. And, uh, then I went out and bought a Guzmania. Yes. And put it out in the rain to let it have a bit of, um, you know, nice rain, water. Mm -hmm. Uh, within an hour she had that eaten too.
1: Goodness, that's most unusual because, I mean, most of the bromeliads do have little thorns on them, so you would have thought exactly. that that would have um, irritated the dog in some way, but... Um,
4: exactly, and it's mainly the flower she goes
1: for. Yeah, oh, okay, all right, okay, then. Well, it might be that, it's, uh, yeah, well, it's hard to say. I mean, there might be a bit of honey in that flower that um, possibly... I'm wondering. Yes.
4: Because she doesn't do it to any other flower.
1: Okay. So it's only, it's not, it's only the flower, not the actual foliage of the. She
4: goes for that too.
1: Okay, but mostly the flower. Flower. Yeah, well, it might pay you probably when you see a flower. Even though it's um, what we normally don't do is when you start to see a flower appear, just cut that off and see whether it's still the case that she's still bothering the bromeliads. But I mean, I find that unusual. But as I said, because of the little spikes that are on the yeah. leaves. Yeah,
4: so did we. And uh, obviously, she's still alive. Yes. So <laughs> I was also worried whether they were no
1: they're not poisonous no. no i mean certainly you could try just um popping i mean there's a product that's called scat um or deter which can be put around that might um, probably just send her away because she won't like the smell of it but I, i'd certainly do the first option as i said just take the flowers off when you see them appear and see mm-hmm. whether she still bothers them or not yeah yeah mm.
4: no i just thought one you know
1: yes i've never heard of that, that before was,
4: uh, attracting
1: no, have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird that it's so Goodness plain. knows what's going through a little head.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay, thanks.
1: All right then, Bronwyn. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks very much, Bronwyn.
0: 49216216 is our number. A couple of lines free at the moment if you'd like to uh, get straight through. We'll say hello to Les. Les is from Gwondolin.
1: Hello, Les. Uh,
5: good afternoon, David. Uh, thank you for the information you sent me about three weeks ago on a tree that's in Western Australia, Maple or some damn thing. Oh,
1: okay. All right then. That's my pleasure.
5: Now, i got another tree here. Now, the Prime Minister uh, last year, she planted, uh, I'll spell it out here, you, uh, Tree of Knowledge. Have you ever heard
1: of it? Well, we we didn't quite get that, Les, because it was breaking up as you were spelling it out. So, can you just do that again for me?
5: B-A-R-C-A-L-C-I-N-E. Hmm. Is tree of knowledge?
1: Okay, all right. I'm not familiar with that. I have actually written the, written it down. What did you want to know, Les? Well, I want
5: to know what's uh, where word come from. <laughs> uh, and I've looked in the gardening books, and we can't find. It.
1: All right. Well, what I'll do is that I've written that that name down. I will research it once I go back to work, and then next week I'll just put over the air what uh, if I found anything out about it for you.
5: Okay. Well, the prime minister planned one in Canberra last year.
1: Oh, okay. All right then. He
5: was in the paper uh, about three. I know. Last week,
1: sometime. Okay. Well, leave it with me. I'll see what research I can find out for you, Les. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Bye well, for I'll now. Love show. Okay, bye bye now. Bye.
0: Thank you very much, Liz. Um, let's see, Lynn from Dora Creek is next.
1: Hello, Lynn.
3: Uh, hello, David. How are you?
1: Good, thank you.
3: Uh, I have a question. It's not probably a gardening one, but it's to do with leeches. Right. <laughs> uh, we have a, a large driveway in our place, and it goes from the road right up to the home. Yes. And three weeks ago, you'd walk down the driveway, and there'd be something like 20 leeches coming out of the grass and going across the driveway. Mm -hmm. By the time you were walking back up the end of the drive, there was another 20. And I was killing up to like 30, 40 leeches a day. I don't know if I was supposed to or not, but I just don't like the damn things. Mm. (laughs) And I went locally to see if there's anything I can do to find out what to do with these leeches. They seem to be coming out of the grass. We have a really large lawn on one side of the drive. And you can actually see the leeches coming out from the bottom part of the grass, you know, where it's normally That's, trimmed off of that. That
1: sounds really creepy, Lynn
3: Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I hate them, you know. And 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 the local nurseries and that couldn't advise me as to what to do with them. Mm. One said salt, but I thought, well, you know, yes. <laughs> the amount of leeches we're talking
1: about is a lot of leeches. Yes, you know? yes. I mean, Any, so, any ideas? Well, yeah, look, certainly the only thing I could suggest to you to do would be just to use one of your general insecticides. It has a, range of fairly, a large range of things that it may or may not kill. So I would just suggest to mix one of those up and just water that oh. over the lawn just to see whether that's going to have some form of effect. Even if you use something like a pyrethrin-based thing that's fairly environmentally friendly, uh, that's basically used for a lot of caterpillars and things. Look, it, it may or may not have effect on them, but certainly it's worth a try. The salt is a good idea, but certainly, the, you know, when, when they say salt, well, salt usually has to be put directly onto the leech. That's right. Uh, not exactly. actually sprinkling the soil. So I don't think that will have any effect whatsoever. No. And I think possibly the only other reason why that's happening is because Dora creeks are fairly low area, and, of course, yeah. the ground will be fairly moist mm. and that's probably why you're getting the leeches coming out yeah. of the ground. So we have
3: lived here like 38 years and I've never had it. Mm, never. Yes. You know, but it is creepy. Like I said, I hate <laughs> you don't know when they're on you, you know? Well,
1: that's very, very true. So, as I said, try one of your general insecticides. Water it into the ground just by mixing it up in a watering can rather than spraying it right. so that you're getting it down in the soil and just, just see whether that has some form of effect on them.
3: All right, I will do. Okay. Thank you very much for your help, though. Thanks, Lynn. Thank you. Bye, Bye. for now.
0: Thanks, Lynn. Gee, you're getting uh, lots of calls about dogs and leeches and all kinds of things. We do all sorts of things on this program, Phil. You're a talented man, David. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's say hello to our old friend Peggy from Katara South. (laughs) Oh, Peggy's got her radio on. Sorry, I was
6: switching off the
0: (laughs) That's all right.
7: Um, I've been waiting all week to ask you a few questions. Um, The first one is um, I've been using a sulphate of something. I think it might be sulphate of iron, but I can't find any reference to it in any of the nursery books.
1: Mm. What, what What were you using it for, Peggy?
7: I used it on a red, pesty weed that seems to be spreading all around the place. It's in Hamilton. I see a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I see it around Katara. i met a couple that was out walking and they commented on it because it was where I was treating it with this fine dust that I had and I wasn't sure what it was but I had written on it poison. So I thought well I'll try anything once (laughs) I'd sprayed it, I'd done everything I'd dug it out, it just came back again as thick as
1: Mm, Because mostly what we use sulphate of iron for is, well first of all correcting an iron deficiency and secondly sometimes it just kills mosses that are in grass and things. So I don't know about a weed, so was it successful in using the sulphate of iron? It ended up
7: like a magic and it took a while for it to curl up and die Mm.
1: but it's been successful yes unless it's just burning the weed off and that's probably what it's doing to have done that but I mean it's normally something that I haven't suggested so
7: I remember hearing somebody on the show once saying his father used more or less top dress the lawn with sulphate of iron oh okay and sand right and he never had any weeds in his
1: lawn. Yes, because I mean, sulphate of ammonia is often used for burning weeds off. Yes, yes. That's a more common one because you can, and certainly by using sulphate of ammonia, that would have done that because it does create a burning action on the weed. But I and I haven't heard of that before, Peggy. Oh,
7: Ryan. Mm. Uh, I remember that gentleman years ago mentioning it and that's what I came to the conclusion that this bag of powder that I had may mm. have been uh, sulphate of iron. Yes, but I had written poison on it, okay. and I wouldn't re- write that on um, any of the other
1: sulfate. Yes, because sort of sulphate of iron isn't a, a poison; it's actually a, a natural, an element, so it's not really a chemical as such.
7: Where would I be able to get some more of
1: it? Sulphate of iron you can buy in nurseries. It's just available in small packets only. Um, Oh, right. So we do carry sulphate vines. So perhaps when you come up, you can have a look at it and just see whether it looks the same as what you've been using.
7: I thought it had a greeny tinge Yep, that's, that's
1: exactly right. Yes, okay. yes. Because the um, uh,
7: sulphate
1: ammonia is white. I, yes, that's, that's right, yes. Oh, so right. we'll check that out when you come into the nursery. What was the other thing you wanted to check with me, Peggy? I, I
7: wanted to check with... I've got a quince tree that has just finished fruiting. Mm-hmm. I mean everything got it but, um, taking the nets off and I'm wondering how to prune it mm-hmm. I'm in the process of untangling the net to get it off okay. ripping it and I just wondered how much can I cut off the it's grown very well
1: you could cut a good third of the growth off if you really wanted to and that probably will take it underneath the net so it's yeah. probably going to be much easier to take the net off by doing that
7: oh right, mm. right. oh well that that's good. I'll be able to finish that this afternoon. Okay. <laughs> and um, i I pop out and see if I can pick up some... The self of, of iron. Iron. Okay. And um, see how I go.
1: Very well.
4: I,
7: also, I've got a white potato vine. Mm-hmm. And somebody complained that it was hanging over the name of the church. Oh, right. And so I went in behind it and stripped all the dead stuff off. Then I found that the the vine has a very succulent, and, and a lot of it, um, succulent type of vine, which goes into the ground. Right. Um,
1: so it's I not think, the potato creeper, it's something else that's growing with the potato creeper, do you think? No, or?
7: It, it is the white potato creeper. Oh,
1: okay, right.
4: It's a
7: beautiful show, but of course sometimes it just gets a bit too mm. <laughs> too much and goes where
1: it shouldn't be. Right.
7: And I just wondered if you could tell me anything about it. I
1: looked up and, you know the books and things. Well, as far as you know, pruning the potato creeper goes, you can prune it really, really severely if needs be, but you would leave that until early spring to do that because it does tend to go back slightly during the winter months. Right. So I would just let it go through the winter now, and then once we get to spring, when you can start to see the new growth appearing, that would be the time to give it a prune back if needs be.
7: Right. I have a blue. but it's not as vigorous.
1: No, nowhere near as vigorous as the white one.
7: Mm. um, I just wondered when I saw this very succulent and lots of it, there's yards of it, Mm
1: -hmm.
7: and then it goes down into the ground.
1: Probably an idea when you come out to the nursery, if possible, just bring a section of that so that we can have a look at that for you as well. Oh, right. All right.
7: very kind of you. Okay. Thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Peggy. Uh Bye-bye. We'll
0: go back to the calls with Sheila from Lake Manmora. Hello,
1: Sheila.
8: Oh, hello, uh,
1: uh,
0: David. <laughs> sorry,
8: <laughs> I'm just ringing back about the um, David. Sorry, I'm your mind just. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just blanking. Um No, I was ringing back about that phone call the uh, the man ringing in with the Tree of Knowledge.
1: Yes. Uh,
8: yes. Well, did you still at Barkhalden? C-A-R-C-A-L-D-I-N-E?
1: No, no, I didn't. I, there's no D he gave me, so, okay. Uh,
0: so that's the name of the town.
8: Yes, yes. Uh, but there, there was a tree of knowledge grew in the main street there, uh, and, um, I mean, they, they called it the tree of knowledge. Mm-hmm Because everybody used to sit under it and cheer the fat and that sort of thing.
4: Oh, okay, right.
8: And um, it um, it was purported to be under that that the Australian Labour Party was formed.
1: Oh, okay, right.
8: So it sounded very much like Buck Corden and the Tree of Knowledge that sort of tees in.
1: All right. Uh,
8: but all I can tell you was that it was a eucalyptus, I don't
1: know. Okay. T- well, that's why I, I wanted to just check and find out more information for my own use as well. So I yes, have yes. sort of heard of that particular tree, but I'd I'd like to look into it further. Yes. Right. Um, well, thank you very much for that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Shirley. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
4: Hi.
0: Thanks, Sheila. Yeah, um, I've I've been there and I've I've seen the tree. I saw oh, okay. it just before it died. The original tree of right. knowledge in Bar Calden And uh, apparently the shearer strike of 1891 The shearers all gathered around that tree oh, okay. and well. Very historic tree But unfortunately uh, died like a lot of eucalypts oh, okay. in uh, in streets do And uh, so maybe uh, somebody's named a eucalypt mm, uh, mm. Eucalyptus Bar or yes. something like that and,
1: Now I'll look yeah, into it and see what uh, I can little, find A little bit of homework there, that yes, is. It? Always got homework Always
0: got homework <laughs> 49216216 is our number if you'd like to give us a ring Gardening talk back on two and you RFM. We say hello now to George from Maryville.
1: Hello, George. Hello there.
6: David, wintergrass. Yes. yes. I've got some endophyllines and wintergrass killer. Yes. And on the packet it says to apply before seed heads appear. Yes. Now does that mean that once the, the weed has emerged and before the seed heads appear on the on the plant or
1: That's right, yes, because when when you start to see the winter grass, before it even produces the seed capsules on the top, that's the time to try and get in because once the seed capsules have um, been formed, that's when it's throwing more seeds back into the ground to germinate some more winter grass. So if you can get to it before those little seed capsules, you're getting on top of the problem very, very quickly. Okay, all right. Thank you very much. Now, you have you have both chemicals there, actually, because you've got endothol, which I don't think is available any longer, and the winter grass killer is the new name for it. So try and use the endothol up out of the way and then go on to the winter grass killer. Okay. All right. Yes, thank you, David. Thanks, George. Bye, Bye. for now.
0: Thank you, George. Nobody waiting on the lines at the moment. 49216216, if you've been trying to get through. So, David, the, the winter grass thing, yes. um, do you... You wait until you see the foliage coming out. You
1: do. You cannot spray winter grass uh, as a pre emergent. So, therefore, if you can't see it, there's no sense in spraying it because you're just wasting chemical by doing that. So, once you start to see the little lime greeny little shoots coming up from the grass, and I know it's around already because I've had people in Mm. buying chemical already for winter grass killer. So, certainly, when you do, do start to see it, that's the time to get in before it goes to seed production because, as I just mentioned, when it goes to seed production you've got seed going back into the ground germinating some more and that's the that's the way it actually spreads and of course the worst thing is if if it's in seed production and you go over and mow the lawn because that's just spreading the seed everywhere in the lawn
0: so So, um every year i i end up missing some yes there's always a little patch that comes through um so you really need to get to it. Be, you do be, be, before the flowers, or before the flowers. It's hard to tell well, what they tend is, to say. It is so, because yeah. I mean,
1: you only generally notice the seed capsules on the top of it. So when you yeah. want it, you don't even want to see the flowers. <laughs> the seed capsules on the top. You want to just see the little limey green little. It looks like a little tuft of grass that yeah. comes up, but yeah. it usually comes up not just in one little segment it's many segments that form a big patch yeah. in the garden.
0: yeah it's almost like you've seen my lawn david oh. <laughs> um so uh yeah we we need to do it thoroughly it, Is it best to to spray it or to water it on with a water you better to spray it because spray it.
1: with most weed sprays of course they need to come in contact with the foliage and if you use yeah. a watering can that sometimes bypasses that so you need to spray it over your lawn, making sure, of course, you've got at least a good six hours of drying time for that chemical to start working. And the, the other thing is, too, the, the winter grass killer should, shouldn't should be ever used on kakuyu lawn. I know that sounds a bit silly because kakuyu being one of the most hardiest lawns, mm. but it is the lawn that, uh, unfortunately, the winter grass killer does it uh, doesn't actually kill it, but it actually discolours it terribly. Right, so, yeah. And several applications of the winter grass killer, yes, eventually will kill your kokuya lawn. So you've got to be right. extremely careful.
0: Okay. Well, um, it sounds like I need to spray rather than mm. water. <laughs> I'll, I'll get on that. Okay, on the line we've got Joan. Joan's from Corlett.
1: Hello, Joan.
6: Hello, David. Um, look, I'm, I'm ringing to tell you, someone rang you a few weeks ago about snails. Yes. And we've got a um, Matapuri Bay, which the snails love. Uh, Do you know that New Zealand plant?
1: No, no. Please tell me more.
6: Well, well, the snails just love it. So I put it in a a pot, and the snails were still climbing up this (laughs) tall pot. And my daughter said to me, why don't you wrap some copper wire around the bottom? And I haven't had a snail since.
1: Around the bottom of the plant or the around pot? Around the
6: bottom of the plant
1: pot. Oh, okay, right.
6: And so I've done the same to my orchids too, and I haven't had any snow wow. coming up.
1: All right. So I thought that might help somebody. Well, certainly it will, because I hadn't heard of that before, and no doubt people are probably shaking their head thinking, oh, I've heard that before, oh, yeah, but it hasn't probably. been brought to my <laughs> attention before. So, uh, yeah, that's really interesting, Jane. Thank you.
6: Yes, and another lady rang you about her bleeding heart, and she said it didn't flower. Yes. This year, well, mine was absolutely beautiful, but I didn't have a Christmas tree at Christmas, so I had it on a wire um, tower, and I put that in a pot, and it just looked beautiful oh, for it a would. Christmas tree. Yes, it yes. It had already had the red and yellow uh, colour in it. Yes, exactly. I just put some glitter on
1: it and it looked beautiful. What a great idea. Yes. Yes. Now, that's really great. And I really do appreciate the copper wire. And I'd be quite interested um, for any of our other listeners out there that have tried that little trick and had success just like you.
6: Yes. Well, we've had a lot of rain, but I haven't had any snails. So I've been really happy with
1: that. Well, it works. That's well and good, isn't it? Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye bye. Well. Yes, so snails don't like copper. Yes, yeah. that's so interesting. Yeah,
0: all these things Although, you, get,
1: you get to have um, a go at. snow? doesn't the snail bait contain oh, a copper substance? Yeah, it yeah. Might,
0: might do as well, because it's got that greeny-bluey sort yeah, of colour. Yeah, but then there, if it
1: contains it's... copper, they wouldn't like to eat it. So mm, oh, yeah. I'll have to look into that again. Yep. So. I've actually written that on my little list yeah, here as well.
0: You need a well. bigger sheet of paper, yeah. David. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Tony from Thornton
1: is on the line now. Hello, Tony.
5: Oh, good morning, David. Um, Hey, but I'm on my property. I've got quite a few mature um, ironbark trees,
1: mm-hmm.
5: and coming out of the last um, drought, and up to now, um, I have one of them that I guess there's something wrong with it because um, um, the leaves are pretty sparse on it. You know. Yes. And um, I, I guess two questions. And. Um, The only way I could probably identify what's wrong with it would be, uh, I'd imagine, to get an arborist there. Mm, Yes. What do they usually charge for a visit?
1: Well, that's a very good question because it would be just a matter of phoning an arborist in your local area if possible because the further they have to come, probably the more that they they will charge, yes. Now, look, certainly the only other thing that you could do, Tony, is just to take a couple of photographs and take that into your local nursery and just see whether they can help you out with any problem that may be visually on that photograph that you've taken?
5: The only other thing that I've noticed symptoms with it is that, um, I don't know whether I'm imagining or not, but um, the, the other iron um, barks, uh, the, the, the um, bark is quite, um, you know, um, hard and mm-hmm. whatever, but... Um, The one that I think is in trouble is relatively softer. Oh, okay. kind of rubs off with your hand a little
1: bit, you know? Yes, yes. I don't know whether that suggests anything to yourself. No, it it doesn't really, once again, without looking at it, but as I said, even if you can take some photographs and just take them into your local nursery, they may be able to tell you at the nursery, but otherwise it may be the case where you will have to get in an arborist. Okay. Right right. Okay. Okay then. Thanks, thank Tony. You. Okay, bye bye.
0: Thank you, Tony. And uh, there's only
1: so much that I can do over shame, isn't the it? phone. Yep. Is it, Phil? Like without seeing things. One day I'll probably have this little machine that I'll be able to see everything on yeah. hand.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they're working on that. Even as we <laughs> speak, David. Um, Andrew from Greeter is next.
1: Hello, Andrew. Good How are you
5: going, David? But thank you, David. I just have a, a quick question. I have a bay leaf tree. Yes. Yeah, yes. They leave three, and um, I put it in the ground a couple of years ago, and it's and it's doing all right, but it's it's bolted. It's got some 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 um, branches that are just going straight up, and I suppose they're about three meters high now.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: But the rest of the tree is sort of you know only about at a meter. Mm-hmm. So can I um, can I just cut them off?
1: You certainly can, and of course don't waste those because they are the bay leaves. so you can actually dry those and use them straight off the tree. Bay trees often have a tendency to do this. I have um, a couple of standard bay trees at home which are quite old, and they do that occasionally. They just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just bolt up these really, really lime green shoots, uh, and you just um, basically cut those back to the level of the existing tree. But as I said, just use the bay leaves if you need to.
5: Right, so they're, they're about um, three-quarters of an inch in diameter. That's not gonna, that's not, that doesn't matter?
1: Not at all. No, they'll just bush out again for you quite easily.
5: Okay, then. Well, what time of the year would be the best to do that? Or, well, or cer- does it matter?
1: certainly, I mean, if you've only got the occasional shoot doing that at the moment, cut them off now, but otherwise, if you're doing major pruning of your bay tree, you would do that in early spring. But certainly, okay. if it's only a couple of shoots, I would cut those off now righty yeah, then. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Andrew. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you, Andrew. You're listening to Gardening Talkback on 2NURFM 103.7 with David Peterson from Walls End Community Nursery. So, um, yeah, I think um, a little bit of rain about. Mm, Sounds like it. Maybe get out and chuck a bit of fertiliser. Yeah, great idea, great Mm. idea.
1: Now, we've had people doing that the last um, week or so is um, feeding their gardens just to push them through the winter months, and Mm. it's a great idea. And even with the lawns, if you haven't fed it for quite a while, get in and do it before we actually get right into the winter months because it certainly will bring it on really nicely.
0: Yeah, every cloud yeah, silver lining. That's right. Okay, <laughs> the, yep. Okay, back to the calls. We'll say hello to Laurie from Katara. Hello,
1: Laurie. Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you.
5: Yes, I was just wondering: uh, have you ever heard of Panthers flowering at this time of the year?
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised with all the unusual weather that we've had, and of course the um, very, very overcast sort of conditions we had during our summer months. So, no, I wouldn't be a surprise at all, Laurie.
0: Oh, I've got one out the front. It's one of the miniature white ones.
1: Yes, yes. That's the, probably the little snowball, which sometimes does send up a flower occasionally throughout the year. But, um, but as I said, I think it's just due to the very, very strange weather conditions that we've had while you've got them in flower at the moment. They'll, they'll re-flower again once we get back to the, um, the normal time for them to flower. They'll reflower again for you anyway. Oh, that's good. All right.
0: Okay, thanks, David. Thanks,
1: Laurie. Bye for now. Bye.
0: Thanks, Laurie. Yeah, those plants are still a bit confused, Yes. Mm.
4: Um,
0: next on the line, David, it's Pat from Canwall.
1: Hello, Pat.
3: Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, that's good. Now, this this is a weird question.
1: Oh, um, yes. a now... f- few of those today.
3: <laughs> well, it's not actually... Well, now... You're going now to tell
1: me to it's, know, it's not actually a garden question again.
3: Well, this is... A, like, um, I want to... Is there a certain pine tree...
1: Yes.
3: ...that when... When the weather starts coming, where there's a dew, we'll let off this smell, um, like it's almost like dust getting up your nose or 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 like smoke uh. getting up your nose. Have you heard of anything
1: like that? Yes, you, you'll probably find that actually spore coming from the pines or seed is another word for it because when the seed matures, it forms yeah. a dust. Now, look, this happens very, very often with the casuarinas. At a certain time of the year when the seed is mature, the casuarinas release the seed and it's in the form mm-hmm. of a dust. And that's probably- well, this happened
3: last year and it does, and it's not, then the, these aren't in my place. Well last year we noticed we had to shut all our windows. Yes. And we were walking around the house. And we were smelling behind all our electrical things because we thought it was an electrical burning <laughs> now, smell. Yes. Now, does that ring a bell with you?
1: Well, I, I'm not actually familiar with the smell of the, the actual sporing of the, or mm-hmm. we're calling it sporing of conifers, but I'd say that's exactly what it is, just the conifers oh. releasing the seed, yes. Oh, well,
3: that might be what it is, because we've been going for walks at night with a hanky over our face because oh, it's geez. really awful when you breathe, to so try and find out where the smell was coming from. Yes. And the only thing we could think of was across the road from us, actually, behind the there's these big pines right across from there, the big, the, you know, the big wide ones like a coast shape. Yes, yes, yes. And 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 so you think it could possibly be that?
1: Yeah, I'd say it would be by the sounds of it. Yes. So
3: we only have to put up with it.
1: For a it's short period really of time, right. I should imagine, yes. Oh,
3: great, because it's really awful. And <laughs> we're starting to think... And I was running out the front smelling my plants, smelling the neighbour's plants. I said, they'll no, <laughs> all think i am to be locked up.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no. There's worse things than that that I've heard going on. So oh, you, I think right, you should be yeah. quite safe.
3: Well, I feel um, a little bit relieved now. So thanks so much for your information. And I've, I've learned a lot from listening to your show.
1: Oh, thank you, Pat. <laughs> all right. <laughs> bye-bye now. Okay, bye. Thank you,
0: Pat. Yeah, I've got um tree ferns outside my oh, yeah. bedroom yes. window and and uh sometimes you just get a fine sort of covering of, of brown dust yes. on the on the window ledge.
1: Which is the seeds. Yep, yep that's exactly that's, right.
0: That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sue from Lambton is next,
1: David. Hello, Sue.
4: Hi, David. Hi, Phil. Hi. Um you wouldn't
2: have a session without a gardening question, would uh, a lawn question? Would of you? Of course
1: not. No. <laughs>
2: okay, I've got a kaiukuia front lawn and footpath, mm-hmm. and it's lumpy. Oh yes. And I don't like it.
1: Right.
4: Yeah, what do I
1: do? Okay, well, it's probably just earthworm activity, which yeah. is causing the lumps. Certainly yeah. all you need to do, Sue, is just get, to, get yourself some garden lime yeah. and then just sprinkle that over the grass and that will actually move the earthworms onto a different area. So it's basically, it only happens for a short period of time within a matter of weeks and they die back down for the winter months. So it's only really the autumn month that we often have this problem. So it's all, that's all it is. It's just earthworms. So you can move them on just with some garden. Now, of course, by using the garden lime on your grass, it's not going to harm the grass, by the way, it'll actually sweeten the soil and actually probably at the same time it will green the lawn up to a degree anyway.
4: Okay, and do you water that in?
1: Yes, preferably once you've sprinkled it over because it's a very fine dust. Make sure you do it in fairly calm conditions and then just water it in slightly.
4: Great, terrific. Thank you heaps.
1: You're welcome, Sue.
4: Take care. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: Thank you very much, Sue. David, we've got a mystery caller on the line. A mystery caller. Well, I'm not exactly sure who it is, so we're just going to say hello. You're talking to David.
2: Hello, my name is Joy. How are you today, David? Good,
1: thank you, Joy.
2: That's good. Um, I know you've spoken about this before. Um, I've got a very old lemon tree, and all the... All the new growth coming through has been shriveled up and I couldn't remember what you
1: said you had to spray on. Okay, well, it's just simply called citrus leaf miner. Uh, It's a little insect that gets in between the two layers of the leaf. It only affects the young foliage. Now, the procedure being is that you cut all the young foliage off, you pop that in a plastic bag and seal it and dispose of that and then you spray it with pest oil. And then you repeat that same application again in 14 days. And then once again in 14 days. So you've got to do the three applications. And before you spray each time, you still check the plant. If there's any leaves that have still got this citrus leaf miner. cut them off, seal the bag again, and spray once again. So you've got to do it three times. And that will actually break okay. the life cycle of the citrus leaf miner.
2: Okay. And that's not just
1: the normal oil is it? It just says pest oil? It is pest oil but I I will be stand corrected on that because I had a question of the white oil and pest oil being the same last week and I have done some research in it and I will be corrected uh, in saying that these products are both the same only that the pest oil was brought out for some reason to my knowledge and, and learning that it could be used in much higher temperatures so that's why I thought there was a difference so I will stand corrected on that, that the okay. white oil and the pest oil are both the it same It would do.
4: Product. Okay, yeah.
2: I've got white oil so I'll try that. Okay. Alright then, thank you very much for your help. Thanks, Joy. Have a, you have a
0: nice day. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Joy. Yeah, David, so that that's right then that... Um, yes. Uh, they're, they're versions of the same thing, I basically. Did. yes. Yeah. I made a few mm.
1: inquiries, and that's what I came up with. And I, as I said, through all my learnings, and i mean, been being in the business for so long, I always understood that the pest was a different product, mm. but the only difference being is that it's produced by a different company to what the white oil is being produced by. So as I said, I have been standard corrected, and thank you very much to that dumb gentleman that rang us two weeks ago on that I particular remember. subject. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. And I did say that I would follow it up, and I did. And as I said, I would still prefer to carry Pestol, to be honest with yeah. you uh, But certainly, as I said, they are both the same product
0: Okay, yeah, well, there's always, yep. always things going on that we need to find well, out that's about that's right, David. and as I
1: said, I was always taught that it was a different product throughout my learning history And mm-hmm. um, as I said, I have, um, have learned something new again So,
0: Well, humility is a wonderful quality, <laughs> David, and, and and you're exhibiting it there have you been for your habitual... I have, Phil, yes. What's it like outside?
1: It's, well, it's humid, but it's yeah. quite pleasant, yes. Right, so... Yeah. Not raining, which is good. Yep. We can get rain overnight, but not during the day.
0: And if people have got kids at home, they could be out Oh, yes, I forgot about things. that, yes, yep. yes. Well,
1: that's a good thing, <laughs> that's a good thing.
0: Um, are we ready to get stuck I back am? into yes. the calls, David? Because Kay from Valentine is waiting on the line.
1: Hello, Kay.
0: Hello,
8: David, how are you? Good, thank you. That's good. Um, I've just got a short question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two guava trees, um, which have been a little bit neglected because I actually planted them over the back of my fence. Um, so I haven't sort of attended to them as much as I probably could have. But I went out there yesterday to have a look at them and one of them has got like a black sooty mould underneath the leaf. Yes. Um, I'm just inquiring as to what I can do to
1: that. Okay, look there's certainly been a lot of this ish- this year around I mean it's caused by an insect that's also on the plant which is called a scale if you look really really closely you may see little flecks like little pencil flecks or even little lumps uh, that are there and each one of those flecks or lumps there is actually an insect eating inst- or drawing the energy out of the plant right. this in turn causes the sooty mould which is all in with one another so you basically need to get yourself some anti-scale okay. and then you just need to mix that up according to directions and spray that over your guavas not drench them but just lightly spray them and just make sure that you actually treat them again in 14 days time okay because that just is a follow-up spray okay. now it's only a matter of time and weathering that this black will eventually disappear but at least just you've stopped the infestation from actually spreading any further and if we get in and clear that up before we get to the spring months before we get all that nice new growth again
8: mm-hmm. So, is it to be sprayed underneath the leaves? Like it seems to be more on the on the underneath of the leaf.
1: If you can manage to get up underneath the leaves as well, but once again, just a light spray on both the top and underside of the leaf is really a good idea. Yes.
8: Okay, and um, I have two of them actually. One's a pineapple guava, I think. Mm-hmm. And that one doesn't seem to be as affected. But you know, um, should I just give it a spray
1: just to? Look, certainly if it's uh, planted anywhere near the other cherry guava, which I assume it's what it is because the cherry guava has the shiny green leaf, which is more susceptible to this um, sooty mould. Yes, certainly anything that's growing around this particular plant that has the sooty mould, I would certainly recommend to give it a little bit of a spray as well. Okay,
8: that's great. Now, just a quick one for uh, uh, Sasanqua camellias. Mm
1: -hmm.
8: Um, I've had them in for about three or four years now, and they're growing quite well, and I've, tri- I've clipped them, you know, um, occasionally after they've flowered and so forth, but they seem to be very slow. You know, they, they've, they've, they've actually grown as high as the fence, mm-hmm. most of them, but they're not spreading,
1: Okay. Well, the only way I you're going to...
8: i planted them in, like, to try and form a hedge.
1: Yes. The only way you're going to get them to spread out is by pruning. Now, you can prune them straight after flowering, mm. and that creates a lot of new growth. But mm. then also throughout the season, you can actually give them another prune again. So if they're growing fairly actively, which I shouldn't use that word because the Sanquis don't grow actively anyway. Mm. They're a steady-growing thing. But throughout the season, if you feel you will just want to give them another tip prune, you can do that because that will bush them out even further. But certainly it is a must to, spray, to actually um, prune them after they're flowering, and that creates much more growth and gives you a yep. much fuller effect.
8: Okay, and I did read in one of the gardening magazines that if you um, clip them across the front... It'll, it'll encourage them to um, send side shoots. Is that, is that
1: correct? Or? That's right. Well, wherever I mean, when you prune a Sasanqua, you wouldn't just take the top off. You would actually prune yep. this down the sides as well, and that's promoting more growth from oh, out I the side them. as well as up the top.
8: Yep. Okay. Well, that's
1: great. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Kay. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye now.
0: Thank you very much, Kay. Um, we go to Merriweather next, day, and Harry's waiting on the line.
1: Hello, Harry. Hello, David, how are you? Good, thank you. Uh, I have a problem
5: with the Washington naval mm-hmm. orange. Uh, 20 years old, never had any problems with it, always had uh, good fruit. Uh, this year, plenty of fruit on and uh, it started dropping off. When I picked them up, there's a little tiny pinhole. Mm hmm. In them. Yes. Never had it before.
1: Okay. Well, this is just simply called um, uh, just fruit fly. Sometimes they'll pierce the fruit. Sometimes they don't lay the eggs inside. But certainly when you're getting the dropping of the fruit, that indicates to me that there are fruit fly within the fruit. Have you opened up one of these, Harry, just to have a look inside?
5: Well, I just had to see It's
1: it's just a slop. It's just a stop. yeah. See, sometimes it it can be a couple of different things. It can be the fruit fly that stung the fruit, not necessarily laying its eggs. And this year we've had lots of problems with actual fruit rotting on the tree and falling off, which is a fungal disease. And that's basically because we've had so much humid hot weather, humid rainy weather during the summer months and it's caused lots and lots of fungal problems and citrus have really suffered badly this season. So look, it may be only an isolated occurrence on your citrus tree, you may not have that problem next year, but certainly just to be on the safe side when your citrus tree is uh, promoting the fruit or getting the fruit on the tree, it's probably just a good idea to spray them with a fungicide just in case there's a fungus uh, around at the time. Fruit fly, definitely. I would certainly suggest to spray throughout the season of its fruiting time with a fruit fly spray because, yes, fruit fly are now attacking citrus trees very badly.
4: Uh, uh, I, uh, there was
5: like a tiny uh, wasp yes. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It was buzzing around too.
1: Yes. Well, that tiny little wasp could be the fruit fly because they look a little bit like a wasp but in a miniature form. So yeah. very transparent wings that the fruit fly has got. So that could have been part of the reason for the fruit dropping off as well.
5: Yeah, it's a shame because they're beautiful
1: oranges. Oh, it is. Particularly when you wait 12 months for a whole crop to right. get on your tree and then all of a sudden you're seeing them drop before your eyes. It's very disappointing. Yeah,
5: very disappointing. Yes. <laughs> All right, David.
1: All right. Thank-
5: um, you haven't heard of anyone else that's uh, had the problem? Yes,
1: I do. Yes, you're not the only one that I've had that has had that problem. As I said, it's been extremely bad this season.
5: Mm. Yeah, well, it was my first. Oh, okay. Um, well, hopefully 22. it doesn't
1: happen to you next year, Harry. Okay, right. Thank so you. Thank you David. Bye-bye now. Bye.
0: Thank you very much, Harry. Um, Harry reminded me, David, I need to skite about my tomatoes. Um, oh, yes, Phil. I've been enjoying eating tomatoes that I've grown myself. Excellent. Good well, news. Yeah.
1: So there'll be years of um, growing tomatoes to come now. That
0: could very well be, David. Now I've mastered the <laughs> knack. I'm not going to be the only gardener in New South Wales but who doesn't, doesn't grow tomatoes.
1: Very good to hear, okay. Phil. If you'd
0: like to skite about anything, 49216216, <laughs> anything gardening-wise, of course. Uh, Morris from Cardiff South joins us now.
1: Hello, Morris. Hi,
5: David. Yes, I have a couple of weeds that continually grow, and I'm running out of Roundup, and I just wondered if there was anything else to get rid of. I believe it's called sticky beak.
1: Right. Well, look, certainly. And the other one's a castor oil plant. Oh, yes. Oh, that, that's a horrible thing, yes. Um, look, certainly, besides the zero, <coughs> there is glyphosate and Roundup. So they're all the same products now. So you can buy glyphosate, as call, it's called Glypho. You can buy Roundup, it's called Roundup. And then you can buy zero. So they're all basically the same strength these days, and they all will do the same job as one another.
5: Yeah, and there's nothing better
1: Well, look, certainly, to destroy these
5: things. There's, but nothing, on there's,
1: there's yeah. nothing better in the fact that it won't harm the soil. When you go to stronger chemicals, they're going to stay within the soil and they will actually kill the soil. So they're the ones that I don't like recommending. I would much as sooner you just stay with the safer ones that aren't going to harm the soil. If you do go to the stronger ones keep that in mind that it will actually kill the ground for quite a long length of time.
5: Yeah, well, the area where they're growing is actually, at some stage, I've got a terraced backyard, Mm -hmm. and it's the middle area which has had black plastic and then metal, you know, like chicken wire. Oh, yes, yes. And over the years, things have grown there, Mm -hmm. and um, I just had some coliestum or something other tree sort of thing that had red berries on it anyway.
1: Right.
5: I had them cut out because they were just really making a mess.
1: Right.
5: And as soon as they went, the sticky beaks and
1: the castor oil plant came. Mm -hmm. Well, now even saying it's a terrace, I certainly wouldn't suggest any of the other stronger chemicals because once they're in that area, they will probably leach out into other areas and cause more problems. So I would stay just with the glyphosate products, which is much safer to use. And just keep using it every yep. time they start to That's pop right, up yes. And that's, that's probably the best thing. Whenever you start to see them appear, when they're nice and young, that's the time to spray the glyphosate on them because they consume the chemical much quicker than adult foliage.
0: Okay.
1: All right. Well, I guess I'll just have to put up with them. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye now.
0: Bye. Thank you, Morris. Morris is sounding a little bit... I know, it but there, see, goodness. that's
1: the thing, Phil. I don't like it, yep. But particularly when I can see a problem Mm. occurring with these Mm. other stronger chemicals, particularly when it's in a terraced area. I mean, I could imagine him using it and then all of a sudden he'd find something in the lower terrace just dying away. Right, because it would move down with the groundwater. And that's why I wanted to assure him that I didn't want that to happen Mm. because I can Mm. see that happening in six months or so's time that he could be losing things in those other levels. So it's much safer to just stay with the glyphosate.
0: Just... um Yeah, keep keep going the way it's going. Yep. Okay. uh, Next on the line, it's Joan from Shortland.
1: Hello, Joan.
2: It's Jan, David. Hello, Jan. Sorry,
0: Jan.
7: That's all right, Um, David. We only have a small garden now. We're at Cumberland Grove. Oh yes, yes. And we've pulled out some plants that weren't looking very well. And if we've, it's about a meter square the garden. And we've pulled out
9: about 50 curl grubs in that one metre. Yes. What do
1: I do about it? All right. Now, with the curl grubs, we haven't had much of a problem with those this year because our temperatures haven't been fairly high. And this is something that the curl grubs rely on as high temperatures to be active. So this is why I haven't had many calls this year about curl grubs. Yes, I've had calls to say that they're in the ground, but they haven't necessarily been doing any damage. And this is why, because the ground is so cold they're more or less dormant during these cold conditions. So, oh, therefore, right. we're moving now into those cold months where you probably find the curl grubs won't do any damage at all. So but but mine
9: won't do any
1: damage? Because you've got them all out now, oh, yes. What? Yes. <laughs> Look, I tell you what, if you've got birds in the area, if you throw them out, sometimes the birds can see them and they'll swoop down and take them. But Jan, look, certainly for future, if you've got curl grubs or you think you've got curl grubs, you can just treat them with a, a, a product called Conca. Or confidor, They're the two main ones that you can use for curl grubs, and it's just a matter of mixing that up in a watering can and watering it over the garden that you've got.
8: Right,
1: so it's conquer, conquer or confidore. Confidore. But in saying that, by using it during the winter months when they're dormant, it won't necessarily have an effect on them because they're in their sleeping mode, so therefore it may not even work on them whilst they're sleeping.
9: Right. Okay.
1: Okay. So we wait until it's warmer, and then we start thinking about using the product. Right. Thank you. You're welcome, Jan. Thank you. Doug. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Thank you, Jan. Yeah, the uh, the maggies around Doway love curl grubs. But yes. You've got to dig them up for them. They won't actually go. Oh no,
1: of course them. not. You've got to make it easier for
0: yeah. them. <laughs> I, I'll I'll keep training them. I think. Um, <laughs> next up, David. It's Helen. Helen's from Duckenfield.
1: Hello, Helen.
9: Hello, David. How are you? Good, thank you. My problem is I, ha- I have a lovely, I'm just standing at my back door here and I'm looking out on a lovely gum tree. Mm-hmm. I bought the property uh, about 12 years ago and it was a mature tree then. It's just a perfect shape, a perfect farm gum tree, um, shades the corner of my backyard and two paddocks where my horses and cattle appreciate the shade in the hot sun. hmm um about 6 weeks ago i noticed or probably me yeah, around about 6 weeks dead branch dead leaves um, i'm just looking at it now it's all it's mostly on the bottom there's a, there's a few right up the top um, and it doesn't seem to have got any worse lately but i i would hate to lose it and i'm just wondering what it is it's there's branches whole branches small branches not not the major branches just offshoots
1: with all dead leaves on it. Okay. Well, look, certainly, once again, because it's such a large tree and I can't see it, it makes yeah. it very, very difficult. And this is where sometimes we call in arborists to have a look yep. at these sorts of large trees. But, look, sometimes a couple of things may happen. It may be because the tree is just so old, because you yep. don't know how old it is before no, you no. actually moved in. A lot of the energy, of course, goes to the very top branches, so therefore the lower branches will tend to suffer and therefore the lower branches will die off. Um, right in this sort of case. So, I mean, unless it's doing it really dramatically, I don't think it will be a great problem right. uh, if there's any odd branches that are dying off because of all this energy going to the top and plus, as I said, because of the age of the tree. Mm-hmm. If it's extremely bad, yes, I would call in an arborist to have a look at it um, because it may be the case where it may have be attacked by some borers or something like that. But if it was it being attacked by borers, you'd see sap oh, no, oozing no. out of the tree and all those sorts of things. Yeah, it's
4: just
9: in like it's, the trunk is is perfect it's yes well, i'd say i'd visible say visible signs of anything that would be um, causing the problem yes well
1: sorry David. as i said i think it's only because of the age of the tree and the lower section not getting all the energy that the top section will be getting
9: right well, I, I hope so. I would hate to lose it. It's beautiful.
1: Keep an eye on it very um, closely. And as I said, if, there, if, it, if it looks that there's a lot of branches dying, which I don't think it will, um, right. if there's a lot of branches dying, that probably will be the next step to call in an arborist and have a look, look at it, yes. And I would
9: certainly do it. Yes. Okay? Yes. Thank you so much, David. You're
1: welcome, Helen. Bye. Bye for now. Thank you,
0: Helen. We go to Saltash next and say hello to Cole.
1: Hello, Cole.
5: G'day, David. G'day, Phil. G'day. Uh, further to that copper wire yes. that lady was talking about, uh, an old Aboriginal lady told my mum many years ago that when your tomatoes get up to the second flowering, put a piece of copper wire about two inches from the ground straight through the centre of the stem. Oh, okay. And it certainly helps keep
0: the, the critters off it.
1: So, are we referring now to not only snails, but other things that get onto the tomatoes?
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow.
1: Excellent.
5: Uh, helps, uh, and it, it, it helps the plant as well, the copper in the plant.
1: Yes, yes. So, you actually mm. pierce through the stem yeah. of the plant with just straight, a small piece of... through the centre. Yes. The...
0: About an oh, inch, inch and a half piece of copper wire.
1: Okay. Yeah, Wow. works works well. Okay, well, that's really great. I'm sure that um, many of our listeners have taken that on board and probably jotting it down ready for next year (laughs) for when they plant their tomatoes because I will be very, very curious for when people are growing their tomatoes Mm. for next year, including you, Phil. Yeah, I'm taking uh, notes. I'm I'm taking notes. To uh, to try this trick because that is so amazing. Yeah. All right. Works well. well. Thank you, Colin. Thanks for your show. No, thank you. Bye for now.
0: Bye. Oh, isn't it great when people ring up with with tips like that one? Yes. Yes. Okay, our last caller for today, David, it's Marianne from
1: Killiburn Bay. Hello, Marianne.
8: Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. I was just ringing up. I wanted to know how to grow an avocado tree from from the
1: seed. Yes. can I do that? You can, yes.
8: And how do I germ- make it germinate?
1: All right. Well, probably the easiest way to make it germinate is to put three toothpicks into the side of the avocado and just dangle it down in a glass so the toothpicks are actually propped up on the top of the glass. And the base of the avocado is just sitting slightly in a jar of water, so that the base of the avocado is just near the water's edge. So, and then eventually you'll find that the avocado will start to form roots, and the it avocado will avocado seed. Yes, yes, uh-huh. and it will start to form a stem. And then once you find that it got, you've got the avocado to a reasonable size with a few roots on it, you can then plant it out in a pot or straight into the ground.
8: Right. So We've been trying to put the seed straight into the ground. Oh, okay.
3: Nothing's
1: happening. No, well, try, try the glass method because that way you can actually see it growing and see the root system mature, and then you can just pop it straight into the ground after that. Now, you can do this inside until it actually shoots, and then once you've seen the shoots, both the upgrowth as well as some root growth, pop it just outside on a veranda or somewhere where you're going to more or less harden it off for a few weeks and then plant it into the ground. Excellent. All well, right. Thank you so much. Yes, you're, thank you. You're welcome. Bye
3: okay. for now.
0: Bye. Thank you very much, Marianne. And uh, if you've missed any of today's program or you, you'd like to check out some of the programs um, that have gone to air recently, you can go to twinurfm.com and and uh, there are a few podcasts there. Or, and, of course, you can always stream us during the program if you need to be away from your radio for any reason at all. Well, David, you've got to choose somebody from amongst that list of callers to be the recipient of these wonderful things you're giving away. Uh, just run through them again and then tell us who the person is.
1: Okay. Well, the plant, of course, is this beautiful Mandevilla, not diplodemia because it's had a name change. And the one I've got in today is called pale face, which is a beautiful pink flower. Now, just, just bearing in mind, as I said earlier, this is a great little plant. You can keep it cut back as a small shrub or else let it grow as a small climber. Um, now, I, I generally suggest to keep it cut back as a small shrub because you're never without a flower, spring, summer, winter or autumn, it's always got a flower on it. And you can get these in many colours, pink, reds, and whites. But as I said, I've got the pink one in here today. It's starting to lose my voice, Phil. Getting a bit um, funky. So also besides that, I've got a container of the Weed Blitz. Now, this is the, uh, the ready-to-use one, which is environmentally friendly, which you can just spray directly onto the weeds, and that won't harm the ground. A little bit like Zero, but it works a little bit different to Zero. Uh, it smells beautiful, Phil, because it smells like pine. Yeah, I out. understand it smells it's like, like it's pine. Tree, that's right. It's yeah. got. It's actually got pine oil in it, so that's yeah. why you've got this lovely so you, smell. So you can
0: sort of perfume your garden. Yeah, that's
1: right. It, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I like it. As well as that, I've got a bag of the Quick Start, which is the garden and lawn fertilizer, as well as some other sachets in that bag as well. Now, of course, without my glasses, I can barely <laughs> see what I'm looking at here, but the pen will do all my work for me. And it's going to go to Kay of Valentine today. Now, Kay from memory rang up about the guavas and the Sasanqua camellias. So Kay, you're the winner for this week. All you really need to do is make your way to Wall's End Community Nursery. That's on the corner of Crowdus and Lake Road Wall's End. One condition is try and get in before next Monday's program where I'll have a brand new gift to give away next Monday.
0: Well, that sounds wonderful, David. We'll look forward to seeing you then.
1: Thank you, Phil. I'll see you then and good gardening, everyone.